nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Baloney Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 753, December 14th, 2021. The high on this day was 55 degrees back in 1998. 55. And it was 27 below on this day in 1901. And now. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe I would like to tidy up some loose ends. <laughs> Let's do it. Seems many, to happen with regularity here, Many it? emailers, including our own Doris Mould, our State Fair animal wrangler, member of the Hall of Fame, uh, writes, just wondering if the rerun of last week's sports talk for this week was intentional, or did you start off exactly the same way this week and I stopped listening before you changed? In one <laughs> respect, I do not mind as you were discussing Tony Oliva, who I had the pleasure to meet at the State Fair for the first time this year. The man still has quite the grip, as I found out when we shook hands. He told some great stories about milking cows on his family farm back in Cuba. Attached is a photo of our meeting at the uh, fair, now 254 days, four hours and eight minutes away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and the gang. All the best, Doris. P.S. Looking forward to hearing a new episode soon. Well, you've gotten that taken care of, right? The correct episode of Monday Night Sports Talk is now available at garagelogic.com. Hi, guys. Uh, Listening to the emailer asking about his CI and his sewing machine, and then Rosie Greer came up. Rosie Greer did needlepoint, not knitting. I am also a needlepointer. Love the show and listen every day, Fran R., Okay, fact-based, Rosie Greer was a needle pointer. Isn't that what Rook said? No. Or what did Rook say yesterday? Oh, he was, because you had said something about a sewing machine. Yeah. That's what it was. Embroidery. Embroidery. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, Steve writes, surprised no one on the show caught this. The president, Sleepy Joe, said he had to contact the EPA about the Kentucky tornado to get more info. The EPA, that's the Environmental Protection Agency. President uh, Biden the National Weather Service would be who you would contact about the weather. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay. Now, tomorrow, panic will surely set in because the temperature is supposed to get into the 50s, and that'll create a chance for storms. So keep this in mind from the National Weather Service. We had a slight risk of severe weather on December 5th, 2001. That was 20 years ago. It's not new. It's not a trend. And it's not a sign of anything. Carry on. Thank you. I agree. But you get ready. It's already being hyped that we're going to have strong winds tomorrow and possibly a a storm, even a thunderstorm. Did anyone see the video that pilots took flying at 45,000 feet above that storm that hit Kentucky? Oh, man. um, It'll make you basically never want to get on an airplane again. 
That's not the thought I had. Really? The thought I had, what the hell were they doing at 45,000? Do commercial airliners fly oh, at 45,000 know feet? That's a great question, Joe. Joe, when you were chatting about the woman who was assaulted in the Lunds and Byerly's lot, I expected you to bring up something poignant. She said she reported that two good Samaritans helped and two people blocked in the assailant's vehicle and then stated the crooks did not really stop until someone showed up with a gun. Hmm. Are we at the point where an armed citizenry is the only deterrent to these idiots? Which Which raises a question about a possible scenario. What if, nay, when, a law-abiding citizen offs one of these miscreants? Will a citizen be tried and excoriated in the media and the bad guy portrayed as desperate and without options? These developments are chilling. As an aside, that parking lot is always busy, and there really is no expedient escape route. I'd say these guys were idiots, but that's painfully obvious. Barring an improvement in behavior and a properly supported police force, I will abide by the old saying, an armed society is a polite society. I know you get enough humor from lumpy, dopey, and stretch, but do you know what goes great with Moose Knuckle? Yep, biscuit whiskers. But um boom boom. That's from Bert. I have your answer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, normally, airliners fly at 35,000 feet. We know that. They can fly up to 43,000 feet unless empty, sometimes trying to circumnavigate weather in oh. those cases. Maybe this was a flight circumventing that storm system. That's what my guess is, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, military aircraft can fly up to 50,000 feet, and some rocket, rocket-powered rocket planes can fly as high as 100,000 feet, but they are specially designed for that Purpose. That's all I needed to know. You're welcome. One of the top smash and grab culprits in San Francisco is a grandmother, Francille White. She's 53. And her daughter, Kimberly Cherry, 28, have been identified as two of five alleged looters who made off with more than a million dollars in designer loot from upscale San Francisco stores. Oh, a nice family business. Grandma White has posted pictures of herself on Facebook Wearing a COVID mask from Louis Vuitton, one of the targeted stores in Union Square. Brilliant. She also posted a shot of herself sitting astride a Harley Davidson, flashing a large wad of cash. White's life of crime dates back 30 years with her first conviction for stealing from a woman named Jane Snethen in 1989. Despite charges and 14 previous convictions ranging from shoplifting to attempted murder, all five looters are now back on the street on bond. Police have now stationed a mobile command center in the area. Clusters of cops can be seen patrolling every corner of Union Square 24 hours a day. The spate of lootings has been blamed on woke San Francisco DA Chesa Budin and a 2014 California law that made theft under $950 a misdemeanor. We're not being served. We're just not being served. Now, here's another piece that I found on that. Chessa Bowden, of course, is the uh, uh, child of Kathy Bowden and David Gilbert, were Weather Underground members. When Bowden was 14 months old, both, were, both of his parents were arrested and convicted of murder for their role as getaway car drivers in the Brinks robbery of 1981 in Rockland County, New York. His mother was sentenced to 20 years to life and his father 75 years to life for the felony murders of two police officers and a security guard. After his parents were incarcerated, Budin was raised in Chicago by adoptive parents Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, who, like his parents, had been members of the Weather Underground. Budin reports that he did not learn to read until age nine. 
Kathy Budin was released under parole supervision in 03, and Jordy thinks that the feral grandmother probably has a future in West Coast Democratic politics. San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Budin announced that felony charges were brought against nine people in connection with organized retail crimes in Union Square. The suspects were identified as Jamissi Calloway, 24, Kimberly Cherry, 28, Francille White, the grandma, 53, Ivan Speed, 34, Tomiko Miller, 23, uh, Raynard Jones, 32, Edward James, 32, Michael Ray, 27, and Darren Wilson, 38. And uh, I guess they did commit enough crimes now to get Budin's attention. They face an array of felony charges, including looting, grand theft, burglary, and possession of stolen property. The suspects are expected to be arraigned tomorrow. Police said more arrests are forthcoming. These are not petty thefts. This is not misdemeanor contact. This is a conduct. This is a felony conduct, Budin said, and he said it firmly. (laughs) High-end retailers in Union Square like Louis Vuitton, Fendi, and Dolce & Gabbana weren't the only stores hit by thieves, though those incidents received the most attention. Budin said shops in the outer mission and mid-market were also impacted. This is not something limited to one neighborhood or designer store. This is something that affects us as San Franciscoans, Budin said. Uh, additionally, Budin said he plans to work with other district attorneys to combat the spate of retail thefts regionally. Okay. Well, while the recent incidents have some residents on edge, San Francisco leaders are encouraging people to shop and dine in the city. The mayor and police chief said they're cracking down on brazen robberies and crime to keep the city safe for shoppers with the holiday season underway. Yeah, I wouldn't risk it. I know that people feel a certain kind of way because there are a number of stores that are boarded up, but they're still showing up. They're still shopping, and we are still there, said Mayor London Breed. We have our police officers in those garages as well. I don't know what she means by that. Parking ramps, maybe? Both the mayor and police chief agree there needs to be consequences to breaking the law in efforts to deter criminals. Are they, are they finally awakening to that? We, re, we have an issue with people repeatedly doing the same act over and over again. We have to figure that out. Oh <laughs> and we need to make the rest. We need to make the rest that is absolutely must. And we need to make the rest that is absolutely must. We need to work with all parts of the system to make sure that people are held accountable, said Chief Bill Scott. Well, the police chief can't do much about it. The people aren't held accountable because of the likes of this Budin fellow who was uh, is a, woke to a f- criminal fault. And these people, uh, look at Grandma. Grandma's been a cr- criminal for 30 years. Yep. For 30 years. Did you see the piece, and you might have to throw some coins, get the scan bucket ready, I'm uh, ready for Chris. Uh, it was a piece last week about retailers calling on Congress to fight online sales of stolen and counterfeit goods. I did see that. Yeah. 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 You don't need a uh, okay. scan bucket. For um, I was just worried we had already talked about this, and I f- forgot. Um, which, I mean, that's all fine and good, and that should have probably been in place already, but shouldn't we stop this this at the source? I mean, before they walk in the door? Right, right. Yeah. I have been contacted by a local jeweler friend of ours uh, who reports, but smaller jewelers, who's kidding who? They have two stores, one in Edina and one in St. Paul, and they both employ full-time security. Yep. And they have for a while, yeah, correct? Full-time Yeah, security. that's what I thought. And it's, yep. it's not cheap. 
No, nope. they pay a hefty price for that. In fact, yeah. when one of us walk in, we're we're frisked immediately at the behest of. The <laughs> well, another family. way to look at it is you're well, safe. I, I, you're safe I, going there. I ask to be frisked. That's to be true. Honest. That's true. Yeah, I, I I like that. But but I forget who said it yesterday. But they nailed it. If they start doing what that dealership in in Chicago was it a uh, Jaguar dealership? Was that what it was? It was Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Bentley, and Rolls Royce? Uh, so when they start to profile, you wait for the hue and cry to come out after that. Mm-hmm. I was a little cynical during the reading of that story yesterday, and I didn't bring it up uh, because I'm trying to be a nice person. Uh, hold it's on, hold fails on. fails miserably. Uh, we don't yeah. know that. <laughs> and, and I was thinking to myself, why is that? S displayed anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, easily, easily grabbable. You know, you know. Um, for some reason, I didn't bring it up. Maybe because that's a stupid question. Moving right along, Joe. Well, let's let's analyze that for a minute or two. Uh, apparently, the dealer feels that if you can go in and buy a Lamborghini, he might get you twice and pick up a watch while you're in there. So he's got these gorgeous watches in a display case. And, you know, he was operating in a world where you didn't the, used to think you needed to have right. someone with a gun standing over the display case. Right. Clientele wouldn't be prone to. Not, not, not his clientele. Right. No. Right. But I said yesterday, one of his problems is he'll get little sympathy from Lori Lightfoot and her comrades. Right. You know, right. he's not selling Priuses. He's selling the highest-end luxury cars possible. And I can imagine that Lori Lightfoot and her comrades were snickering at this guy's concern. In fact, she's been saying lately, retailers should hide their stuff better. That's her answer. Retailers should tuck their stuff away so it isn't seen. Then what's the point of being a retailer? I actually have a further explanation on that very same subject from the vice president. Thank you. Well, let's start with this. Prices have gone up, yep. and families and individuals yep. are dealing with the realities of, of the, that bread costs more, that gas costs more. <laughs> and we have to understand what that means. That's about the cost of living going up. That means you are an idiot. <laughs> She's just a flat-out idiot. answer she gave, Lori Lightfoot gave. It's the exact basically, same one. Basically. These people are idiots. <laughs> She's unqualified to do any job. Right. America has surrendered its cities to idiots. Well, you could argue that America has uh, surrendered America to, to idiots. idiots. Yeah, well, you could. And we're, we're not going to let you sit here at bad Badmouth America. The best is Kamala twisting in the wind. She's looking around going, what the hell am I going to say? I'll just keep my hands in the air like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Because it will come up tomorrow and be sold to you as hysteria because we have some warmer temperatures forecasted and possibly even thunderstorms. Uh, The latest uh, twist on the uh, devastation of the Kentucky storms is that, well, this wasn't supposed to happen in in December. Uh, But I told you before, I've I've become a fan of that CARE 11 feature called Verify. Yes. Where where, uh, very solid attempts are made to be factual. And... Today is, yes, it's rare for a severe tornado outbreak to to take place in December, but they occur. They have occurred. Uh, That tornado alley area of the country had two 
five tornadoes, which this one the other night wasn't. They've had two F5 tornadoes in the 1950s. Wow. So yes, it's rare, but it happens. And just like tomorrow, you'll be, you'll be told by the people on television, oh, this is rare, this is rare, We're, we, we shouldn't be. B.S., you had the same weather warning on December 5th, 2001. And uh, nature Wait, is what nature is. I, I, I missed that. I thought it was an F5 the other day in Kentucky. Right now it's uh, classified as an F3, but wow. after, uh, after continuing to examine destruction, they might very well up it to an F4 or F5. Wow. Yeah, right now it's an F3. My favorite is thunder snow. Snowing. In. Oh, yeah. Who is that guy? I can hear thunder. Remember oh, that what? was the Weather Channel guy. Was it the Weather Channel guy? Yeah. Holy smoke, he screams. I got to find that. It that was, was in downtown cool. Chicago. You're you were, right. uh, y'all were warned about the possibility of thunder snow, uh, snow last Friday. Mm-hmm. Did you hear any? Were there any reports? I did any? not hear any. No. All right. And you might, you might hear some tomorrow. But you know what? It's happened before. Yeah. It has happened before. Holy smoke! <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Oh, darn it. I knew you were going to ask that. You know what? It just occurred to me, that Camilla um, bit you played. That should be Rookie's new impersonation because he's oh. really good at doing that. Yeah. Like, we'll throw something at him that we know he doesn't know anything about it, and he'll just, for the fun of it, take a swing. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it ends up sounding just like Camilla sounded off by accident, but Rookie does it on purpose. Oh, that's brilliant, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Mark Meadows, who was Trump's chief of staff, I have a question, a legal question. He's been... Uh, Hasn't he been ordered to testify, and he's refusing? Go ahead, John. The the House, uh, the entire House still has to vote on it. Oh. uh, Yeah, they they are holding him in contempt, the committee is. Well. But now it goes to the Well, then shouldn't he be arrested? Well, there's, he's not the only one. There's been four or five fellows who (laughs) will not testify. But but it's pretty telling to learn that uh, virtually all of Trump's supporters on January 6th were begging him. To put an end to this. Well. Including his own son. Yeah, that's what we were reading this morning. So he must now think Don Jr.'s disloyal. But. Um, and Hannity and Laura Ingram and all yeah. the all the Fox cheerleaders were saying, Don, you you got to do something. Nobody could get to him, apparently. What was interesting is uh, all the show business people that have the hotline. Mm-hmm. No. They <laughs> don't have that hotline. <laughs> you uh, can't text Meadows? No. Jim Cantori. Jim Cantori. Was yeah. the uh, Weather Channel guy filing a live report Who in Chicago. Was, wasn't it just a couple of weeks ago that somebody had to be hauled in on threat of contempt of court for not testifying, and he also has a podcast? Who is that? Who am oh, I thinking oh, about? You're What's thinking the situation? Of, uh, I know who you're thinking of. The uh, big, burly, long-haired guy who was Trump's buddy. Uh, Steve Bannon? Bannon. Bannon. Steve Bannon. But he's also been charged with contempt. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where it's sitting right now. Mm-hmm. But the guy in question uh, right now... Is Mark Meadows. And didn't he initially say he was going to? And then he... John? Yes, he he did. And then he turned over a bunch of stuff, which is where yesterday's things came from, the, uh, the uh, conversations that he had by message with all these people. So he turned some stuff in, but then he said he would not sit 
for the committee. John, well, I want you to be my constant companion. I need you to fill in the blanks that my mind <laughs> has erased. I just want you for every, just follow me around 24 hours a day well, and you know finish need, my You know what we thoughts. need to know? Did the messages stop with Meadows? Did he ever, in fact, go into the next room and say, hey, Don, Let's look at what your kids say and look what these people are saying. You got to end this right now. You got to call a press conference immediately. Did he ever do that? I wonder. Well, why wouldn't? And that's have, probably what he would like to be asked. Why wouldn't Don Jr. have spoken directly to his own father? I have no see, idea. See, when I I thought the same thing. I thought, why doesn't Don Jr. send a message to Don Sr. instead of sending it right. to Mark Meadows? Yeah. I didn't understand that. Do they want an official um, accounting? Uh, they want it to be on the record somehow. Is that? You know, like how we have sales guys that love to CC the uh, uppers when they send, a, especially me, an email. They'll also send yeah. a, send one to the president and the vice president and the lawyers. And... May, may I ask a question? Oh, sure. Not that this is not important to, to investigate. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Is this taking away too much time from people from being productive in other areas? They're not. Yeah. They're never productive. Well, that's true. Yeah. They're I not see, productive I'm, people. Chris, we had this conversation once on the air where you actually said you didn't think they would would have hurt anybody given the chance. Which did I say astound- that? You did. That astounded oh. the hell out of me. You said they wouldn't have hurt Capitol Police. And that they astounded did. the hell out of me. Now you're telling me an insurrection, a riot, a, a chance no. to try to overturn an election is not the most – see, to me it's the most important thing to take care okay, of. Okay, right that's now. what I'm asking. Get it done. Okay. Do it now. Okay. Get it done. That's what I'm asking. Did you – I know it's important. I know it's important. I'm not what – not... What you're witnessing is how difficult it is to get it done because yeah, they keep and, getting stonewalled. And we keep getting okay. – we get the – we've complained about this how many times about the two sides. Yeah. Boy, it's never more clear than right here. Right, right. You can't get people to, you know. Have we bickered about, and uh, have you noticed that they've the, the the who is it the committee have found that, that there was real no preconceived plan to do this that it happened? Um, pardon the word, I can't come up with a better one. It happened organically. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's part of why they want Meadows to come and testify because right. they're questioning that it was actually uh, an organic thing. Uh, I they, thought they, I read two days ago that they found no evidence that there that it was pre-planned. I did not read that. I I don't know. I'm going to save you for Christmas. Okay. All right. Good. What do you got? Get out to EcoFund Motorsports. There we go on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Two hundred dollars off all in-stock Vintelli electric bikes. Three hundred dollars off all Yamaha electric bikes. Youth ATV starting at ten ninety nine. Man, that would be fun. I wish I had the property to, to have one. I'd get one for the kids. Bentelli scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Your choice of three models on sale for twelve ninety nine. Go run your errands and get sixty five miles to the gallon. All Yamaha clothing ten percent off. Full snowmobile servicing. If you need to get your sled ready to go this winter, and yes, they're still accepting winter storage units. For the people who might have delayed putting their ride away, this is uh, these are great people, great service department, great products, great youth recreational equipment, great time for Christmas shopping, and a great place for Christmas shopping at EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61, right in downtown Forest Lake. 
Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Well, we've got a topic for this segment. Uh, it was learned during the commercial break that Such <laughs> actually does not recycle at all. I recycle uh, everything. Uh-huh. We'll talk about it, Such. Uh, first, uh, I want to talk about this big announcement regarding DK Mags. First of all, DKMags.com, their, uh, their uh, uh, what is it called, brick-and-mortar store. It's in New Brighton, Old 8, and then Monticello Pond and Gun. They're on the web at montypond.com. And south of 94, kind of on the on your right side if you're headed south on 25 um, in Monticello. Okay, the announcement, DK Mags now offering carry classes. This is so convenient. Uh, so if you're in the mood, you've been thinking about it, get a hold of the folks at dkmags.com, get signed up. Um, they will uh, help you or, you know, you'll be able to take the test. And they'll also be able to direct you where to go and how to learn how to shoot and handle a firearm if you're a newbie at it. Uh, and by the way, if you're a firearms aficionado and you're living in the Monticello uh, area, a guy or a gal, they need a full-time gun guy, gun gal up there, so stop in. Um, and, yeah, that's the big announcement. Um, it's huge. DK Mags, I love this, now running carry classes. So let's get you guys signed up. Toot sweet. Truly a couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. So the debate off the air was when Joe's recycling day is. Tuesdays. And, it happened uh, today and already. when they pick up, because in Minneapolis it was every other week. Up here it's every other week. In St. Paul it's every week. And I sent a, a text to the judge, mm-hmm. and she has yet to reply to yeah. me. Yeah. As we continue to realize <laughs> that we've surrendered up. America's cities to insanity, we learn that uh, Portland, Oregon has awarded an $11.5 million energy contract to a woke company run by a woman who has served prison time for defrauding companies and tax fraud, is according to a report in the Portland, Oregonian. City staffers had wanted the taxpayer-funded contract to supply heaters and coolers to low-income families to go to an established company, one that had an 85% white workforce. But the city council instead unanimously voted to award it to Diversifying Energy, a newly formed nonprofit with black leadership promising equitable access to clean, sustainable energy for low-income communities and peoples of color. Diversifying Energy is run by Linda Woodley, 71, who has a troubling 25-year history, including two stretches behind bars, 
multiple bankruptcies, and millions of dollars in fines for tax offenses, the paper noted. She reportedly also fabricated key claims in her proposal, saying she'd managed a $30 million energy upgrade program in California, one that has never heard of her, the paper noted. Red-faced city officials insisted they were unaware of Woodley's criminal history, adding that $11.5 million agreement with diversifying energy was being put on ice pending a review. This is obviously shocking and distressing, and sad news for us in the program, Eden Dabbs, a spokeswoman with the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, which oversees the fund, told the Oregonian. We are going to have to take responsibility for the decision. <laughs> really? We'll absolutely be looking at this in terms of process and use it as a painful lesson not to let this ever happen again, Dabbs said. Woodley, under her maiden name Linda Leonard, was convicted of bankruptcy and tax fraud in 1997 following an investigation by the FBI that found she had diverted over 800 grand from the companies to her own use. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> she wow. was sentenced to three years and a month in federal prison, then sent back to jail for six months in 2001 after confessing to more than a dozen probation violations. Violations including fudging financial statements, securing prohibited loans to buy a home, and repeatedly lying to her probation officers. She has faced a slew of huge fines for tax offenses, most recently in May in California with an $810,000 lien filed against her in Sacramento County for a failure to pay taxes. Woodley told the Oregonian she absolutely 100% stood by her claim that she managed an energy company that has no record of her. She also insisted she deserved a second chance. How about a third, fourth, How about, about fifth, a 50th sixth. chance? <laughs> People make mistakes, she told the paper. Mm -hmm. I hoped you were behind me. I have worked hard over the past years to be a good person, and I think that I am highly regarded in many circles in the industry, she said. This is... Bring her on board. Why not? This is so... Tr there, there are so many reasons why this is ridiculous. One, they're so eager to hire, in this case, a black woman-run, black female-run company that they either didn't research her. Which, of course, they did not. <laughs> or they knew about it and now are lying about not knowing about it. No, I think Chris is right. This is pathetic. The cities in this country are, we have, look at the gang that runs Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. We, we have surrendered our cities to the incompetent. And it was so important to... Uh, city staffers, so there's, you know, there's layers and layers and layers of these public servants. City staffers who presumably uh, knew what kind of company might best provide these heaters and air conditioners to low-income people. Well, they were, they were shut aside because the city council, full of Marxists and Mysterians and weirdos and creeps, said, oh, no, that's a white company. Okay, we got to give it to a black company. Then find an honest black company. Yeah, I don't no, care that goes to a black company. Find a competent black company. Yeah, or find a competent company. Yeah. You know, scrutinize all applicants. Oh, this is pathetic. It's just comical. But it's not comical. It's comic. It's, it would be comical, but people aren't. What, what are the citizens of Portland, Oregon supposed to do about this? That's just 11 and a half more millions of their dollars going to this program that sounds kind of
chancy at the start. Just make sure you file your taxes on, on time. This is... When will the uprising begin? Again, I'm not calling for a violent one. I'm, I'm saying, when are people going to go out on the stoop and, and gather all their neighbors and say, we're not paying for this anymore? Do you think it becomes... We, we mentioned this yesterday about the city of St. Paul, how apathy seems to have set in with yep. the voting public. Yep. And I think that that's the way the vast majority of Americans are now looking at politics, where they're so disgusted, they just want no part of it. But that gets that allows the politicians to get away with more incompetency. And that's what our problem is. Yeah. I, I talk to people all the time, and I say, you know, well, politics will come up organically. Well, I don't even vote because I don't want to be involved with that nonsense. Who says that? There's a lot of people that have that viewpoint, you guys. Yeah, that's uh, That was my former viewpoint, and... Uh, that's my my new viewpoint. <laughs> I don't want to be involved. Chris, you obviously don't read the paper because today buried, uh, let me see, buried on uh, A3 in a small sidebar, order aimed at user-friendly government. President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Monday aimed at rebuilding the public trust in government by making it easier to do things like renew passports, apply for Social Security benefits, and get aid after natural disasters. One thing not mentioned here. Oh, and by the way, the order is uh, it's changes from across 17 federal agencies. No mention if the IRS is one of those agencies who do not answer their phones anymore. <laughs> They do not answer their phones. By the way, speaking of the president, uh, you guys, I don't know if you saw this, but Kelsey just sent us a photo of a billboard in Ohio, mm-hmm. and it has a picture. Uh, Jill Jill Biden, right? Is that her name, first name? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Jill. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and it has her face. Yeah. And next to it is, is text saying, for the love of God, please stop people. He thinks his name is Brandon now. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> How about this, Chris? <laughs> That's funny. New York City on yeah. last Thursday became the largest municipality in the U.S. to allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. In a vote of 33 to 14, the Democrat-controlled city council passed the measure known as Our City, Our Vote. Under the legislation, non-citizens who have lived in the city for at least 30 days and are legal permanent residents in the U.S., including green card holders, individuals with worker permits, and DACA holders will be allowed to vote in city elections, including mayor, public advocate, borough president, and city council. What? Mm -hmm. A handful of jurisdictions in the U.S. allow non-citizens to vote, including nine Maryland cities, San Francisco, two Vermont towns, Winooski and Montpelier. Non-citizen voting legislation is being considered in Massachusetts, Illinois, and the District of Columbia, all cities that would favor this because it will keep the incumbents in power. New York City has nearly 800,000 non-citizens. Advocates of the bill say it's about allowing everyone to participate in the process. Uh It's a transformative piece of legislation that will really ensure that all New Yorkers, non-citizen New Yorkers who live here, who are raising children here, who shop in our stores, who own small businesses, who get mugged in the subway. Who vote Democrat. I had put that in there. Have the opportunity to have a say in our democracy. We think we will all be better off when people who are interested in this city are able to participate in our democracy. Anu Joshi, vice president of policy at New York Immigration Coalition, told CNN. I'm sure CNN cheered this. Jesus. Did you just say 800,000? Mm-hmm. What? I would say if you're not a citizen, you're, it's likely you're not that interested. 
We're, we're, we're making a tremendous assumption on the part of the non-citizens that they're terribly interested, only through unfairness. Have they been tried? Have they been deprived of this equitable opportunity to cast their vote, along with other hardworking people who actually pay the bills and are American citizens? Okay, you said in the city of New York. That's what I said. Eight hundred thousand non-citizens. Non-citizens mm-hmm. were registered to vote. No, they're allowed. They're allowed not, to vote. I'm sorry, allowed, allowed to, to vote. vote. Yeah. Do you know what the the vote total was, the election results in that city? I don't. Uh, Adams got 753,000 votes. Uh, is it Silwa? I don't know how to pronounce it. Silwa. Silwa. Sliwa. Sliwa. Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, yeah, Sliwa. Had yep. 312,000 votes. What did de Blasio have? Or well, he, oh, he decided he, not to run. He decided he? not to run. Yeah. But my point is, that's what, just slightly over a million people right. that voted for mayor. Oh, well, let me read it again. That's well, astounding. While you're doing that, uh, I did my own research, and yes, the IRS is uh, part of one of the uh, uh, agencies that needs to uh, be more user-friendly. So, whew, what a relief. Commissioner, I'm sorry, Councilman Yadanis Rodriguez, the prime sponsor of the legislation and an immigrant from the Dominican Republic, told CNN it's about championing, championing the issue of no taxation without representation. But the Constitution of New York State and New York City Charter is a live document that provides the opportunity for us to always look to make it better. I think that today we were able to make that important change that recognizes the contributions of immigrants, Rodriguez told CNN after the vote, adding that his own background as a green card holder from 1983 to 2000 inspired the push for the measure. Uh, Non-citizen voting legislation is being considered in Massachusetts, Illinois, and the District of Columbia. New York City has nearly 800,000 non-citizens, according to Rodriguez's office. Wow. I did go down the rabbit hole on this over the weekend after I saw the story. Yeah. It's been very common throughout U.S. history for this to happen, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, the European migration, the Italians, etc., who moved here in 1880 to 1910. My people. They were, yeah. they were all allowed to vote. Were the Irish allowed to vote? The Irish probably were, too. Yeah. All I can think of is that line from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, we'll take the Irish, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been common uh, in different eras of the U.S., depending on what was going on historically. Now, I don't know if this is you know comparable to those eras or not, uh, but... I, I had after I read the story, I thought the same thing you did. And then when I started reading about it, I thought, "Hmm, hold okay. up, wait, wait a minute, minute. Something, something ain't right. right." So my five-year-old in the in New York City, my five-year-old needs to have proof of vaccination to go to a restaurant, right? But I don't need an ID to vote. Well, it's not an ID. Pro- it's not an ID. You don't need to be a citizen to vote. But you also don't need an ID. You well, you can show up with your heating bill. Or yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Your eating bill. You know, John, uh, wow. Mr. FYI. What a country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, John. Hold well, on. Well, we get the news yesterday <laughs> that Height makes a Grunhoffer's run and doesn't contact I'm, us. I'm I almost sorry. I was on Twitter. Jeez. Was spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Did you talk to Didn't Spencer? Do we all get a mulligan I, in I that did. regard, by the way? Does, does every one of us? Because I did that once on accident. I have Ru- never called you SOBs. Kenny's done it. So I think we've all used up our mulligan. <laughs> Boy, I haven't. Uh, Every time I've gone, I've brought back some stuff. Yes, you have. Yep. Well, John, what'd you get? I got uh, I got the, the Wagyu uh, 
uh, jerky is incredible. Both oh, the, uh, the jerky sweet sticks? and heat. Yeah. No, no, it's it's just jerky. Oh. Sweet and heat and just regular. It's tender. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not all jerky is tender. This is tender and delicious. Was, was it gone it by the time you got home? Uh, one kind was, yeah. one kind was not. Yeah. Uh, but but I got that. I got a couple meatloafs. I got a town ball and a regular meatloaf. Yep. I got uh, a couple sticks, uh, cranberry and uh, chicken sticks. Mm. I, got, uh, I got some turkey, sweet and heat. Never called uh, You know. Never called Not once. I just, well, I would, you guys, you guys never get back to me right away anyway. So I so do. So it wouldn't have worked. I do. Yeah, yeah, you do, Joe, you do. But I do. You're the only one. I feel hurt. I feel hurt. I'm sorry. Would well, you go to the original location just north of I, Hugo on Highway oh, 61? Oh, I, I did. Go ahead, did John. Go to the, tell him. The, the, I went to the original location, and, and? Uh, I, that's the first time Spencer actually took me out to the new back. I Isn't had not neat? seen the, yeah. the, the addition. He got yeah, the whole tour. Cool. Spence yeah. comes out from behind very the cool. uh, closed doors and gives him the big tour. Somebody must have yeah. said, hey, there's a VIP in here. Mm-hmm. Height. Height's here. <laughs> and he's with height. <laughs> yeah. <or> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so there's that was another. Fun. I got to watch the uh, sausage making machine. Oh too, yeah, was, cool. That was cool. There's yeah, another location, cool. of course. The newer one is uh, the newest one is on Highway 97 in Forest Lake, just east of Interstate 35, and uh, it's a uh, it's a meat emporium like no other. It really is. And uh, now Heights taking advantage of us. We used to have a rule that when one of this <laughs> team was going, they would contact the others. But I guess we're gonna we're gonna abandon that. I think we go to Grunhoffers now on our own. That never was a real good idea. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats, back with John Heights News. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance long underwear. And I got to tell you, they're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget forget all of your orders that are over $40 those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America when you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season think about chillboys and chillboys.com and when you place your order at chillboys.com please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the garage logic podcast and now a man who has never had a relationship with a tree Joe Suchere here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd, is set to change his plea to guilty this week in the federal civil rights case involving that case. A grand jury indicted Chauvin and the other three officers involved in Floyd's death with depriving Floyd of his rights under the color of law. One count against Chauvin alleges he deprived Floyd of the right to be free from unreasonable seizure. Court documents show Chauvin pleaded not guilty to those counts against him on September 14th. University of St. Thomas Law professor Mark Osler says it's likely that Chauvin is trying to reach a plea deal to avoid a very long prison sentence if convicted in federal court. 
Osler told Five Eyewitness News yesterday with the state conviction, he's already sentenced to 22 and a half years. He's been serving that time in the state. The federal time would run concurrent or at the same time, so it's likely the sentence would have been longer if he'd been convicted in federal court. A change of plea hearing is set for 8 in the morning tomorrow, Wednesday, at the federal courthouse in St. Paul, according to a news release from the Minnesota U.S. District Court. So uh, we were talking about Meadow earlier in the in the Mark podcast. <coughs> you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and for the fun of it, um, and GLers, this is fun you can have at home with, with the Googs. Uh, <laughs> go to the Googs and type in, was the attack on the Capitol pre-planned? And get every opinion on Earth starting from January 7th right up until today. It is absolutely hilarious. How is anybody supposed to know anything when all the information out there is so wildly and vastly different? To quote the uh, great Patrick Royce, I'd rather have a rectal exam. (laughs) (laughs) And in other news off the air, Such, I know you don't like when I watch cowboy movies, which is on to my right, but on my computer screen, uh, Julie just tweeted a uh, link to a YouTube live channel right now. There is a 50-ton boat cutting ice on Lake Minnetonka to get other boats that are stuck in the ice out. Really? Yeah. Did she tag all of us in it or just you? Uh, Well, she tweeted it. Oh. And then we've been having an off uh, uh, DM conversation. What do you mean, boats stuck in the ice? They hadn't been put away for winter yet? Well, I haven't turned uh, up the volume. But it says, 50-ton boat cutting ice to escape uh, frozen Lake Minnetonka. Oh, this is cool. And then next to it, there have been other boats. Like, there's a pontoon there, and earlier there was a smaller boat there. So I'm guessing it's just going around the lake, cutting boats out. Is there a picture of the 50-ton boat? Uh, There is a big-ass boat right at the landing right now. Where in the hell... I'm get him to, set up. Get him set up. I'm trying buddy. to place a 50-ton boat on Minnetonka in my head. It looks like something you'd see on the St. Croix, to be honest. That's right an icebreaker. Yeah. It's right here, bro. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Is that it? Well, I'm, now I'm watching it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is... The newscast is... <laughs> hey, for the record, I'm not the one that caused the newscast yep. to come it's, to a screeching halt, by the way. It's, Hi, it's a I'm good Kenny. point, Chris. You're right. You I'm see Kenny. it? Hi. You're right. <clears throat> Oh, it does look pretty big, huh? By the way, uh, just oh. so you guys know, when Joe watches a YouTube video, his mouth is open at least three inches. Especially <laughs> when trying to flies. catch flies. Here's my suspicion. Here's my suspicion. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a, somebody's pleasure craft, and they're desperately trying to get it off the lake. I don't think it has anything to do with an organized rescue of other boats. That's somebody so tardy, they didn't get their boat out of the water. That would be my suspicion of what huh. you're seeing uh, there. I've got the sound well, up now, but I can't hear the guy. Well, that's my guess that that's what happened there. Hmm. You know, Carl Smith Oops. forgot to get, get he dallied. He was so tardy, and now he's thinking, "Oh my God, it's warm enough now. I better give it a try." Or does he look at the uh, brother? Hey, I thought didn't you put the boat yeah, away? Yeah. There's part of it here where he looks like he's trying to get a pontoon out. Well, yeah, there is a pontoon right next to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Anyway. All right. Let me go back to the newscast here. Yes. Uh, let me find my news again. Back to the news. At a time when Minnesota's health care systems are strained, here comes flu season, and some health care experts are worried that circumstances might be right for what they're calling a twindemic. Oh, with good. Flu, flu cases and COVID cases rising at the same time. This is never going to uh, end. Nope. 
According to the Minnesota Department of Health, the number of flu cases has more than doubled in the past week. And you may have seen over the weekend, if you looked at a newspaper, nine CEOs of different Minnesota health systems took out full-page ads in newspapers across Minnesota describing the climate inside hospitals and clinics, saying we're heartbroken and we're overwhelmed. Dr. Penny Wheeler, CEO for Alina Health, said we're really at a critical edge. Wheeler, one of the hospital administrators who signed the letter, she said we wanted to put this plea out so people would know what it's like inside and what our care teams are facing. She said, please get vaccinated, get your booster. It's how we can help each other and how we can help our health care workers take care of us all. There is good news and bad news on the Omicron front. The first two doses of Pfizer vaccine appear not to be very useful in fighting the variant. Uh, the bad news is that could cause more problems on the crowded hospital front. The good news, though, Omicron, according to New South African studies, appears not to be as virulent or deadly as other strains of coronavirus, and uh, the causes it causes much milder symptoms, still could result in hospitalization, uh, but not as many deaths occurring, according to that study. Uh, as the pandemic approaches the end of its second year, the U.S. will soon pass 800,000 deaths from the virus, and new stats say most of those folks are older people. New stats show 75% of people who have died of the virus here in the U.S., or about 600,000 of the nearly 800,000 have been 65 or older. One in 100 older Americans has died from the virus. For younger people, uh, younger than 65, that ratio is closer to one in every 1,400 people. Meanwhile, Roseville leaders have agreed to give police officers and firefighters $2,000 bonuses using some of the city's federal COVID-19 aid. The city spending $136,000 of its $3.8 million American Rescue Plan allocation on the bonuses, which were included in recent union contract negotiations. City officials think the payments were the right thing to do, said city manager Patrick Trunjan, noting there is no work-from-home option for first responders. Joe, um, pardon me a second, John. Mm-hmm. Don't you need a crane to get that boat out of the water? I mean, there's you don't back a trailer under that thing. There's no hook in the front. That thing needs to go to a uh, marina, right, and be crane lifted that's, out of the water. That's where I'm guessing it's going. Because the pontoon sitting right next to it is on a trailer. But the ice, there, there's sheets of ice here. It looks like the ice is three, four inches thick. John, can you continue? Please? Uh, yes, okay, now I went to look at the video again. So, <laughs> A suspect in the shooting of a St. Cloud man. Actually, I'm sorry, Kenny's about yeah. to be told to go back and watch the Cowboy movie. I'm going to uh, look at this after the show, and I'll give you a full report tomorrow. Oh, what happened. Well, that's no way to do a podcast. Stop everything and watch it like the rest of us. You know all the GLers turned us off, and they're watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> or they're doing the side by side. Yeah, yeah, screen and a yeah, yeah. <laughs> A suspect in the shooting of a St. Cloud man led deputies and state troopers on a pursuit that significantly delayed traffic during an evening, uh, early evening commute last night. Oh, boy. St. Cl- yeah. yeah. Cloud police say they responded to the reports of a 20-year-old man who was shot in the 1000 block of 5th Avenue South just after 2.40 p.m. Wow. The victim sustained a gunshot wound to his abdomen, was described as being in serious but stable condition in the hospital. The suspect, who was known to the victim, fled after the shooting. Stearns County deputies then spotted a vehicle that matched the description. Eastbound on I-94, state troopers as well as deputies... If you've never Stearns heard of UPAC... Oh, and the right 
counties pursued the suspect for several miles before law enforcement deployed road spikes and deflated the suspect's vehicle tires. That stopped the pursuit just west of mile marker 194 near Monticello. The occupant appeared to have suffered a fatal self-inflicted gunshot wound. Stearns County Office reports no officers fired their weapons during the incident. Investigation is continuing. Yeah, and everybody was mad at MnDOT and patrol. And uh, you people that were PO'd, I, under, I, I understand your frustration, but um, patrol uh, and MnDOT both working together do everything they possibly can do to keep the road open. In this case, they had no choice. It had to be shut down for this investigation. Uh, you'll notice in freeway systems, we can have a pretty, pretty serious crash, and patrol will keep, uh, if they if they can, they will keep one lane open at all costs. Local police um, departments, not that way, but patrol and MnDOT like to keep one lane open. Okay, I got that out of the way. I discovered why the pontoon is there, Such. Because I was wondering, how's the guy going to get out of the boat? There's no dock there. How's he going to get out of the boat and onto shore? Well, the pontoon is there on a trailer because uh, he's got a ladder from the boat down to the pontoon. So the guy comes off the boat, down the ladder, into the pontoon, uh, walks the trailer into the pickup bed, and then crawls out. And I can tell you, I can tell you that this is not a boat designed to cut ice. This is a tardy boat owner who has managed now to get to shore. There's a dock there, contrary to what you believe. Uh, now now that he's at a launch, I don't know. Uh, I agree that a trailer seems terribly unlikely to get that boat out of the water, so I don't know what's going to take place from here, but it's merely a guy who didn't get his boat out in time. That's what this is. That's a, not a boat designed to go out and cut ice. He's coming with the trailer. I'm listening to the audio. Sorry, Joe. There's a. They're going to try to put this. This is about a. He just said a guy's coming with a trailer. I have no idea how they're going to get it on a trailer. It's got to be 40 feet long. I can only. Oh, it's see huge. From the, from it's the huge. Yeah. It, it's it's something you'd see on the Saint Croix. Right. It's just a very beautiful pleasure cruiser, big, and uh, he he fought his way to to this landing. And uh, against uh, all odds, apparently they think they can put this thing on a trailer. So that's what's going to happen. Okay, then. And, I'm just uh, going to make up stories now because you probably see you next year gonna... at this time, huh? <laughs> It'll be there ready just in time for spring. <laughs> right. <laughs> Days after that tornado outbreak uh, destroyed numerous towns and left dozens dead, officials now are trying to turn their attention to getting electricity back and finding reliable shelter for survivors who have spent the last few nights without heat. It was the deadliest U.S. tornado outbreak in a decade. One single storm complex tracked for 250 miles. In heavily damaged Mayfield, Kentucky, there was some good news. Officials think all 110 workers at Mayfield Consumer Products have been accounted for. Eight deaths were confirmed at the site of the candle factory where employees were working around the clock to meet holiday demand. More than 24,000 homes and businesses remain without power as of about 1045 local time this morning. The bulk of the outages are divided between Graves, Hopkins, and Warren counties where some of the worst storm damage happened as of this morning. The death toll from the storms was at 88, 74 of those happening in Kentucky. Attorneys in the Boy Scouts of America bankruptcy case have reached a tentative settlement under which one of the organization's largest insurers would contribute $800 million into a fund for victims of child sexual abuse. 
The agreement announced Monday calls for Century Indemnity Company, which is owned by property and casualty giant Chubb Limited, to contribute $800 million into the fund in return for being released from further liability of abuse claims. The payment would bring the amount of money in the proposed trust to more than $2.6 billion, which would be the largest sexual abuse settlement in U.S. history. Under that deal, all Chubb companies would be broadly released from Boy Scout-related legal claims, according to Chubb. The uh, tornadoes, one other story, this one, this kind of stuff always fascinates me. When Katie Poston walked outside Saturday morning to her car, parked in her driveway, she saw something that looked like a note or a receipt stuck to her windshield. She grabbed it, saw it was a black and white photo of a woman in a striped sundress and headscarf holding a little boy in her lap. On the back, written in cursive, it said Gertie Swatzel and J.D. Swatzel, 1942. A few hours later, Poston would discover the photo had made quite a journey, almost 130 miles an hour on the wow. back of the, of the winds in that storm. Oh. Poston, had, Poston had been tracking huh. the tornadoes that hit the middle of the U.S. Friday night. They came close to where she lives in New Albany, Indiana, across the Ohio River from Louisville, so she figured it must be debris from someone's damaged home. She said, seeing the date, I realized it was likely from a home hit by a tornado. How else would it have gotten here? So doing what any person would in this day and age, she posted an image of the photo on Facebook and Twitter, asked for help in finding the owners. She said she was hoping someone on social media would have a connection. Sure enough, that happened. Poston, who works for a tech company, said a lot of people shared it on Facebook. Someone came across it who is friends with a man with the same last name, and they tagged him. That man, Cole Swatzel, who commented the photo belonged to family members in Dawson Springs, Kentucky, almost 130 miles away no from, where the, yeah, wow. from where the photo was found. Swatzel on Sunday uh, didn't respond to a Facebook message seeking comment. In Dawson Springs, a town of about 2,700 people, 60 miles east, homes were leveled, trees were splintered, and search and rescue teams continued to scour the community for survivors this morning. Uh, John Snow lives there. He's a meteorologist professor. He said the fact that the photo traveled 130 miles is unusual, but not that unusual. In one documented case from the 20s, paper debris traveled 230 miles from Missouri into southern Illinois. The paper debris rides winds, sometimes reaching heights of 30 to 40,000 feet. Wow. I, got, I got an interesting note from Chuck Lee, who listens to us in Utah. Uh, I grew up in a small town in southern Illinois, and the tri-state tornado came through my town in 1925. My father was alive when it went through and had many stories about the interesting, horrible, fantastic things the tornado did. Some cannot be verified by myself. One can. He told me the tornado did things like drive hay and chickens into trees, carried a woman away, bent the high school flagpole until the tip touched the ground. Wow. I can't verify those events, but the following I can. Homes in my little town were mostly simple rectangular structures with a detached garage. The tornado picked one home off its foundation, rotated it a perfect 180 degrees, and set it back down. The wow. back door now faced the street, and the front door looked out at the backyard. Other than, the home, other than that, the home had very little damage. The home became something of a landmark in town, and it continued to be occupied. I remember as a kid riding my bike over many times to look at it. In the 70s sometime, it caught fire and was torn down. Wow. Chuck in Utah. That was one of those things I was told as a kid, that a, a piece of straw could be driven yeah. right through an oak tree. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I bet you've probably seen it, and I'm going to guess the town. I think it's Highway 70, and I think it's in Siren, Wisconsin, 
where uh, when the um, tornado went through there, I'm going to say it was probably 20 years ago now, uh, a aluminum fishing boat got wrapped around a pole. I remember this, and I think it was shorter than 20 years. I think about 15 years ago. And uh, the boat is still wrapped around the pole today. Yeah, yeah. John. I think it's Siren. 2000 what? 2001. Oh, and was that long? Wow. That, if I remember right, that was the same tornado that uh, ended up, Wait a minute. It went through Ladysmith, but Ladysmith is down on Highway 8, isn't it? I don't know. One of those. My, uh, to, to finish Chuck in Utah's email, he said, Second, I need to somewhat disagree with your retail prediction. Yesterday I predicted that retail will disappear as we know it. I work for a company that produces custom retail displays and fixtures for major retailers and consumer products companies that sell their products in stores. Our business is booming. We don't see retailers slowing their new store opening plans. However, and this plays into your prediction, we do see retailers expressing much more interest in displays that incorporate some sort of security so items cannot be easily removed from the shelves. We aren't talking Maple Grove lock and safe, but security to keep honest people honest and slow down the thief. Uh, keep up the good work. I will push back from here. And as I say, that's Chuck in Utah. Okay. Thank well, you. the St. Peter tornado, that was 97, correct? Yeah, that's when I got in a big argument with Belinda. Oh, yeah. Because it interrupted the, of, I think it would interrupt the masters. My grandfather <laughs> found a St. Peter phone book as he was bailing hay. Really? Yeah. Oh, she does not like Kenny. Belinda doesn't? Yeah. Add her to the list. Yeah. Belinda loves me. Yeah. Good. Johnny, she, you, so. you're not done, are you, Johnny? She, she doesn't I don't, like Kenny. I don't think Belinda knows who I am, so. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't I'm the Masters. Done, no. might have been the Players' Championship. I don't know, but it was a great tournament, and all of a sudden we had to worry about a tornado in St. Peter. Well, yeah, you're one of those cranks, though. Yeah, I am. My yeah. stories are being interrupted. It's like, well, people's lives are on the line here. Uh, they're right there. Sorry, it was March 29th of 1998. Okay. So what tournament would that have been in March no, of 1998? No, it's too early for the Masters, I think. Uh I don't know what it would have been. All right, I'm it was a good up. one. Look, I was going to say, PGA. Chris, look that up. See, I'm pretty sure this was the mid '90s when this happened. I think I was working for a place called Prism Studios, and that was mid '90s. Were you the janitor? That's photo, oh, oh, oh. photo stuff. <laughs> oh. But you're right. I mean, that you know. John, you got one uh, step up from Joe. Pushing you would have been watching the 1998 <laughs> Players Championship players, yeah. at TPC Sawgrass right, in right. Ponta Verde Beach. That's right. It's just southeast of Jacksonville. It was trace 20- the trace that storm, Reavers. Trace it. The St. Peter storm. I want to know it. where it went and where it ended up. Right. In the meantime, though, John could do some news. Okay, sure. Coalition of <laughs> California Restaurants and Grocery Stores has filed a lawsuit to block implementation of a new farm animal welfare law. Now, this would be a bad law. I'll tell you why. Uh, because it, uh, there's some uncertainty about whether bacon and other fresh pork products would be more expensive or in short supply. We don't want bacon in short supply. No. The new rules take effect on New Year's Day. The lawsuit is the latest step in a tumultuous three-year process of enacting rules overwhelmingly approved by voters, but that remain in question even as the law is set to begin. Voters approved Proposition 12 2 to 1, November of 2018. Since then, state officials have missed deadlines for releasing specific regulations covering the humane treatment of animals that provide meat for the California market. Most hog producers haven't made the changes to comply with the law, and now a coalition of business owners wants another two-year delay. Nate Rose is a spokesman for the California Grocers Association. He said, we're saying this is not going to work. 
While groups are working to delay the measure, the state has eased the transition and has allowed pork processed under the old rules and held in cold storage to be sold in California next year. That could prevent, luckily, shortages of things like bacon, ham, and other pork for weeks Wait a or second, even John, months. Oh, hi, Kenny. Yes. Don't go on to the next story yet. I can give you okay. the path of the tornado um, while you wait. wait no. Um, so I read that, and the uh, do you have more details on that? The argument is these animals need more space. To turn um, around. Breed, breeding pigs, egg-laying chickens, and veal calves aren't being given enough space to stand and turn around. For pigs, that means they can't be kept in narrow gestation crates and must have 24 square feet Thank of you. usable space. That's, That's what I was end. just shuffling around just for. And I'm guessing the uh, the problem with this is the, like, say, for instance, the hog producers are going to have to either um, shrink their herds, so to speak. I don't know what you would call a lot of pigs. I'm sorry if it's not herds. Or build more buildings. Yes. And that's what's that's the holdup. Exactly. I Mars. have your path, by the way. On March 29th, 1998, 13 separate tornadoes caused by one supercell started in <sighs> western Murray County, traveled through uh, Jeffers, Comfrey, Hanska, Cortland, Nicollet, St. Peter, LaCenter, Lonsdale, and then concluded in Hastings, Minnesota. Got as close oh. as Hastings, huh? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. We have not had any large tornado outbreaks in years, have we? And you remember what no. kept the what they suspected kept the death toll town because I believe Gustavus was on spring break when this happened because I was going uh. to school in Mankato at the time. And everyone feared, but then they realized, well, there's no students on campus right now because of spring break. Saint uh, Peter. Never the same. No, you're right. It's just a completely different looking town. Hmm. What do you do when your performative art exhibit is effectively shut down by the Miami Beach Police Department during what's called the Art Basel in Miami? Well, if you're Dallas-based artist Xavier Edward Carter, you incorporate the subsequent police report as part of the exhibit and slap a price tag on what he calls his art Thirteen thousand dollars to get the police report. Jeez. A price, pricey performance art piece commenced Thursday, December second, with Carter. Uh, this is the art now, right here. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, Carter's Carter's standing on the beach, hitting rocks into the ocean with an aluminum baseball bat, while buck naked. Eight oh. miles. <laughs> See now, this it, is it, where Joe chimes in and says, "That's not art." That's not art. But Joe, it, I would counter and say. Art is not determined by what is artistic. Art is determined by the price you ask for the piece. Well, <laughs> that guy couldn't make any money doing that. Uh, John, do you have that information? Uh, well, only that he's asking thirteen grand for the thing, the police report on it. Yeah. But nobody's paid the thirteen no. grand okay. to buy okay. the police report. All right. Uh, All right. He, he was eight miles from the closest nude beach, so he was nowhere near where he should be, standing around with no clothes on. Uh, he's 35 years old, and he, he's a Dallas guy. He had flown in for the live exhibit. It was called Sisyphus and the Myth of the New World, his interpretation of the Greek legend in which the aforementioned mortal king cheats death only to be doomed to spend eternity rolling a boulder up a steep hill and watching it roll back down every time he pushes it to the top. Right. Does anybody remember you know the name? Story. Does anyone recognize the name Bill Spitzer? From St. Charles, Minnesota. No. Seems to me we've had him on the air. He was he was the mayor of St. Charles and may still be. Hmm. But he sent me a very interesting email 
about electric snowblowers. Oh. And at the same time, I love synchronicity. Uh, Timbuktu sent me information about electric snowblowers. You must hear this information when we at last return. The Canopy Group is an insurance agency that is unique by offering 16 carefully selected companies for home and auto insurance. Listen, this is the holiday season. Would you be satisfied if the only dessert you could have this year was fruitcake made by one person's fruitcake? Boy, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? That's like having one agent representing one company as your insurance option. Meanwhile, your neighbor creates an exchange with 40 family members. They have a variety of desserts, fudge, cutouts, gingerbread, all that good stuff. The Canopy Group knows it is all about options. That's why their insurance agent offers these 16 companies. They have 40 licensed agents working behind the scenes to ensure you always have the best coverage at the best price. Remember, Canopy clients' average savings annually is over $800. This holiday season, don't get stuck with the fruitcake. Get options with the Canopy Group. 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. I had to pull it down, Joe, because you're still playing the video that you were looking at during the newscast. No, I'm not. <laughs> Here's a man that's incredibly no, no, impatient I, No, today. I'm not. I'm not playing. Well, uh, don't I worry, Joe. I looked up Bill Spitzer. We have had him on the show. <laughs> okay. He was a law enforcement officer for 30 years. Then he became mayor of St. Charles, Minnesota. All right. He no longer is. And he has written a note that says... Uh, I thought you would be interested in my experience, or should I say my neighbor's experiences with electric snowblowers during a six to seven inch snow. I just want you to know that the night before I was planning my strategy for the next day of snow clearing. What time should I start? Do I have enough gas, etc.? I started out clearing my driveway, making sure I have enough space management, even though I heard the 60 degree forecast. Then it was off to my elderly neighbor across the street. All clear. Still have some gas in the tank, so off I went to another elderly widow on the corner. All clear. Still have some gas. On to the neighbor who just had two heart surgeries. All clear. Ran out of gas on the way home, so I had to walk it down the road. Rookie was right. I was even utilizing space management along the street. As I was walking home, I saw something strange. A brand new snowblower at the end of the driveway after only clearing a single path. When I got home, I got a call from said neighbor who explained that he just purchased an electric snowblower. I asked how that was working out for him. He said after two batteries, the blower could only manage a couple of paths down the driveway and could only punch through the plow pile at the end of the driveway once. After several stops and charges, he finally finished several hours later. But the story isn't done yet. I looked over to yet another neighbor who was hand shoveling this heavy snow. The GL in me said, let this guy borrow my snow king. No one should have to hand shovel. When I was delivered the now fully fueled Toro to yet another neighbor, I noticed a single path down the driveway. Yep, you guessed it. That path was made by another electric snowblower. The neighbor said he already went through two batteries to get the single path done, and that he was that he was waiting for them to charge. Oh no! At the end of the day, the Toro oh. Snow King cleared five and a half driveways. Returning the Toro to the garage, I noticed it had a little fuel left, so I thought I would help out another neighbor who just barreled through the snow to get to work that morning. Electric has come a long way, but I will stick with the 15-year-old gas-powered Snow King, pushing back 
the snow in southeastern Minnesota, Bill Spitzer. Well, by happenstance, I also received this email from Tim. Reaver's friend wanted to know if there was a battery-powered snowblower. There definitely is, but you probably won't like the name. Amazon sells one called the Snowjo snowblower. It runs entirely on lithium-ion batteries, so there is no power code. A reviewer on Amazon pretty well sums it up for all GLers. This effeminate, delicate toy (laughs) (laughs) looks just like a snowblower, only it's smaller and less useful. And while it lacks capacity, battery capacity and snow throwing capacity, at least it's whisper quiet and idiot proof. It's good enough for walkways and tiny driveways with a low volume of fluffy snow only. So Reber should tell his friend he can own a snow joe if he is willing to spend 380 bucks at Amazon and to surrender his man card as well. <laughs> That's true. You don't, you don't get a cylinder then. No, you don't. No. I, I've got a couple of items for you. First of all, um, I have a story about a battery-powered ice auger yeah. uh, that I own, and I'm going to give that story tomorrow on News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. And if you, if you hate Kenny, uh, I, would, I would advise you to listen. Uh, because this uh, story does not end uh, well. Uh, but what does end well is we received a tweet, Joe, you and I and Reavers yesterday from a fella named NYXPAT. Okay? okay. He joined Twitter in September 2019. He's following 66 people. He's got zero followers. But he offered up some wonderful information. There is a Toro two-stage snowblower with rubber blades. Really? He has one. He picked it up this fall. It's the best of a single and dual stage snowblower. And that model number is, you got a pencil? You yep. got a pen? Yep. It's a Toro 824QXE. I Googled that, and you're going to spend right around $1,000, maybe a little less. And I would advise you to go buy one today. I will uh, run this by the gang at Fratelloni's because when I was in there Saturday, I, I queried them about rubber blades on a two-stage, and none of the guys had ever heard of that. See if they can order one for yeah, you. Yeah, Toro 824. That's only a 24-inch uh, wide, uh, That's I what I would guess, but it is a uh, sexy-looking unit. QXE. Yep. Oh, yep. I'll check it out. Yeah, yep. I'll wait, check it out. Wait, and wait. thank you to New York Expat. Yeah. John. Yeah. Please, dear God, tell me where this photo is taken, the one that you just retweeted. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I'm looking. It, it looks like it's... Is there a Devani's on Grand Avenue? Uh, <laughs> yes. This is in St. Paul. Grand in Cleveland. Oh, no. Joe? Really? What? John just retweeted a photo from a woman named Meg. Mm-hmm. And in the photo is a woman pulled up to the gas station. Is there a gas station kitty corner from that Devani's? I believe so. In which the gas uh, handle right. for the pump right. has a yellow bag, and it's inserted into her gas pump. <laughs> Usually that means it's not operating. Yeah. It's yeah. a good it's sign. Order. That's a sign. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am retweeting this right now. Not a damn thing happened on this day in Minnesota history. Well, Not one thing? Oh, I have one. One. One thing. This woman right. attempted to pump gas with a yellow plastic bag. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and Mumpumalonga, oh, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans. <laughs> Joe, you got to see. I will. <laughs> On this day fantastic. in 1798, 
Fur trader Alexis Bailey was born in St. Joseph, Canada. He huh. would precede Henry H. Sibley as an agent for the American Fur Company in Mendota. Bailey was one of the first settler colonists to grow wheat in Minnesota and a member of the territorial legislature. He died in 1861. Wow. All the great state of Minnesota can come up with for December 14th is the birth of this fellow named Alexis Bailey back in 1798. Joe, you know what really gives me great comfort mm. in looking at this photo of a woman attempting to pump gas with a giant yellow out-of-service uh, bag around it? Mm-hmm. It's her vote in St. Paul counts just as much as yours. Right. <laughs> well, remember when uh, Frank Caliendo <laughs> yes. did the great bit about the woman who couldn't figure out which side of the gas pumps to pull up to? Oh, it looks like she's going to get this one, Frank. Look at that, Pat. Yeah. Do you have that handy? Uh, that take too long. It probably. might take me a minute, yeah. but if you give me a second. That's a beauty. That's a beauty. Uh, gas pump. And... So what kind of trailer do you think pulls this boat out? I don't know. Kenny, I gave up on that story a long time ago. Well, there's a bunch of good old boys gathered around. They're discussing it. Yeah, this isn't going to be able to this? happen. Now, don't worry about it, Reavers. Thank okay. you, GLers. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. I'm sorry things got a little out of control by these ruffians that I have to work with. We got a little distracted. Joe, you should get in your car and go right out there right now. This is a scene that it looks like it needs you standing around. Kicking the ground with Telling your hands what to in do. your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you bleeping dummy, here's what you got to do. Is the boat still about 10 feet off the shore? Yep. 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 Well, I don't need to see that. Hey, GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of subscribers to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And also, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, and so much more. And download that PodMN app for your smart device we have the chance to win prizes every day just by listening to garage logic we'll catch you tomorrow it is that time once again here in garage logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to mr money talk josh arnold glers have been telling you for some time now that's exactly what you should do today for that free 48 minute financial consultation and you do so just like i did by calling 952 925 5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh. And you also get straight talk. You're never gonna get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, is there more fear and loathing as it relates to the market? Yes, the fear index measured by the volatility index, the VIC, has really popped up in the last few days, Chris, as concerns come of inflation spike and the Fed at their meeting could announce that the meeting ends tomorrow. The Fed could announce that they're going to increase their taper, reduce their bond buying significantly starting in January, end their bond buying probably by April or May, at which point they will start increasing short-term interest rates. And the belief now is that the Fed could increase short-term interest rates four times in 2022, moving from next to nothing to a tad over 1% on the short-term interest rates as a move to slow inflation. Higher interest rates make it a little more expensive for a little more expensive for people to purchase things, businesses to operate.
operate as money gets a little bit more expensive. Quite frankly, at a 1% short-term interest rate or even longer-term interest rates move to 2%, I don't believe that is as consistent as many market players think. That is one of the reasons that we have talked about investing in companies that have the ability to maintain their pricing structure, have pricing power, and also the ability in any type of environment to sell more product, to be able to maintain both rising sales, rising sales will lead to rising earnings. But the fear of the Fed in terms of dealing with inflation and the inflation numbers this past week have been a little higher than expected. Part has to do, as we've said right along, with the price of energy, particularly oil and gas, increasing. Not enough supply of that. Plus, you've had the supply chain issues that have continued coming out of the government-mandated shutdown and recession due to COVID. In my estimation, those supply chain issues could well be a alleviated sometime next year, which would definitely help on reducing prices. I think commodity prices could well start coming down. That would be a nice boost. And I think it has will have little to do with the direction of interest rates and more to do with supply coming back online. That said, there's also worries about this new COVID Omicron strain that has put a little bit of fear back in the minds of numerous consumers. I am still very up on my clients and my portfolio, particularly favorites Apple and Amazon going into the balance of this year and definitely into 2022. Yet at the same time, I'm saying this, I do recognize that the market has been very, very difficult in 2021 with few stocks on the outperform list and many stocks in the correction or bear market territory. And I can just look at four Dow components right now. Boeing, which is in bear market territory. Disney is in bear market territory. 3M is approaching bear market territory, as is Honeywell. Now, the winners have still been my favorite Apple and Microsoft of the big companies. And underneath that, there have been many other winners, including uh, some of the auto companies like Ford and GM. Some of the med tech companies or medical companies like a Pfizer have also done very well this past year. Excellent report as always, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got a deal. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment. Consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.